0: My brothers and sisters, today in the Feast of the Transfiguration, we behold Jesus on the holy mountain, as St. Peter tells us in our second reading. It's believed by tradition to be Mount Tabor, a particular mountain in the Holy Land, upon which Jesus was transfigured before his disciples' eyes. And uh, we behold him luminous with God's light, with light. That's the theme in our Gospel. Two things to notice, and then I want to contrast those two things over against this idea of fire that we see in our first reading from the prophet Daniel. So in our Gospel, it says explicitly that our Lord's face shone with light, Now that is meant to make us think about an Old Testament story. The Old Testament story about Moses, who went up another mountain, Mount Sinai, to receive God's law, and he came down, and as the story goes, his face was luminous with divine light. But there's a key difference between what we're seeing in our gospel, And uh, that Old Testament story about Moses' face. the difference is this. For Moses, it was his face alone that shone with God's light. And he was actually able to block the light by putting a garment over it. So from that point on in Moses' ministry to the children of Israel... He actually he he wore headgear of some sort with a veil that came down over his face. Kind of intimidating, don't you think? You could actually never see Moses's face because he had a veil over it. All right, and that veil was sufficient to actually block the light that was coming from his face. Isn't that interesting? So that light was the divine light. But evidently it wasn't very strong because it couldn't penetrate through the veil that he wore. And he wore that veil because he didn't want to scare the bejesus out of, out of the people of Israel. Alright, because his face was quite frightening. Now in contrast to that Old Testament story, we see the Mount of Transfiguration. Something different is going on. First of all, the apostles are a little bit afraid. But they're not so afraid, they're looking straight at the face of Christ, luminous with God's divine light. And moreover, and this is the key difference, it says that his garments were luminous with God's light. Why was that? It's because not just his face, but his entire body was full of light. And the light was so strong that it would bust through his garments. Okay? And what this tells us and what this signifies for us is that in the Old Testament it was only select people, the heads, the leaders of Israel who were illumined with God's grace and his... Divine power. Leaders or heads of the nation like the prophets or like Moses or David or what have you. But the people, the body, okay, the corporation, the corpus of Israel as a whole was not so illuminated. Now in the New Testament, not only is Christ our head Illuminated, but the body of Christ is illuminated as well. And that's us, my brothers and sisters. It's the New Testament that brings this process of divinization, of divine power to completion, and it does it through us, through you, through me. Very, very important. And the light is so powerful, it penetrates anything that would seek to validate. We, my brothers and sisters, as the Church of Christ, we are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. We are a lamp that's not covered over by a bushel basket, but that's set in a prominent place and gives light to the whole room. The Church of Christ brings the divine power of the gospel to the whole world. This is our vocation. It's very, very important. We need to have an adequately exalted view of our vocation, of who we are. Otherwise, we're going to sell ourselves short, we're going to aim too low in our life, and we're going to fall short of what the Lord wants for us and has empowered us to be and to do. It's very important to know that God's power, His divine light works through us. Now, let's hold in our minds this idea of light and then let's contrast that over against our first reading from Daniel where we see lots of fire. <laughs> tons and tons of fire. The whole thing, it's this fire flowing forth from the sky on the throne and the throne is like a chariot and its wheels have are flames of fire and uh, rivers of fire are flowing out of the throne of God. Okay? What we see in the New Testament is our heavenly calling. What we see in the Old Testament is something very earthly. Because as long as we are are on earth, the same grace of God, which is destined to become light, pure white light for us, is now currently manifested as fire in our hearts in our lives. And fire, you know, it's kind of painful. It hurts. There's a process of purification, of purgation that takes place in our lives, here and now. That's so important to understand. The Christian life is not a bed of roses. It's not a fairy tale. God is not... A magician who comes and he waves a magic wand and he makes everything happy for us and everything easy. No, no, no. That is what we're destined for in heaven. But while we're working towards that state of pure, white, harmless light, we now have to encounter our God in terms of fire. There's a process of purification. We go through many sorrows. In this world, and those sorrows and those difficulties are meant to make us holy, so that the grace of God can one day shine forth as that pure, brilliant white light in us. My brothers and sisters, this is one of the thousands of things we can learn from this beautiful uh, set of scriptures that God has placed before us today. May the fire of God work in our hearts, so that the light of God can shine forth through us and through the whole body of Christ on this earth to illumine the entire world until God's kingdom comes in its fullness.